second match point of the world number two. And she sends that to the back end of Goff into the net. And Arena Sabalenka has found a way as the champions do. Challenged tonight by Coco Goff. A rematch of their US Open final of 2023. And this time it goes the way of Arena Sabalenka. And her winning record in Melbourne extends to 13 straight. Zheng serves down the tee, and it's unreturnable from Yastramska. Both hands in the air from Zheng Qinwen. The 21-year-old from China has made her first ever slam final, winning in an hour and 42 minutes on Rod Laver Arena. 6-4, 6-4. Shakes hands with Yastramska at the net and turns to all four sides of Rod Laver Arena, saluting the crowd. And she will be back here on Saturday nights to meet the reigning defending champion, Arena Sabalenka. Hazelwood again bowls to Brathwaite, edging it out. The first wicket, and it is the captain. Caught behind. And again, around the wicket, bowling to McKenzie, who hits it very high and hits it very far. That is six. Cummins is bowling to him. He's edging and he's caught it first slip. A ripper of a catch from Kawaja. McKenzie slashed and it's a ball outside the off stump. Snark is over the wicket bowls. Chandapal edges and it's swallowed up by Smith at second slip. And Chandapal's stay is cut short at 21. Stark again past the umpire bowls. Edging and it has been caught by Kawaja. Low down, sharp chance. And the West Indies lose wicket number five in the last over before the break. Stark's bowling left arm over, delivers to Hodge, who goes after the short one, and he got it away for six. It was safe in flight, and it goes the distance. The counter-attack is Hodge on. Hodge has the strike, Lion bowls to him. He's back and cutting for four. Stark in, bowls to Hodge, who's edging in his corner second slip. Stark with his fourth, and the long innings of Hodge is over in sight of the sanctuary of stump. 121 runs in this session. Alzari Joseph edges and he's caught. Hazelwood puts a stop to the rot right at the end of play. Eight for 266. And that's where we'll call it. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. It is SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. Six past six. Happy Friday, Israel. Yeah, happy Friday, Rick Dog. Yep, we're here. First week down and uh, it's been a big old week and there's plenty going on for sure. I'm back at home, which is good. Back in my own surroundings, but it was actually quite good to go in this, into the um, studio at Ellington there, catch up with... Uh, Couple of the sales team see Louis Herman Watt every morning, so he gets me distracted from about seven onwards. <laughs> Is that why good. you keep disappearing? <laughs> yeah, keep disappearing. Go chat to chat to Louis, but no, he was great. He was great. It was great to catch up with Opie yesterday. So he gave me some good, some good gravy to to chat with Opie uh, on as well. But it's a big weekend of racing. I'm coming up to Auckland. Later on today, but yeah, I was a bloody bit crook last night. Actually, I was jumped. I had to jump in bed about five. I was bloody. Oh, it's not good, mate. Tum- tummy was rumbling. Tummy was what did, rumbling. What did you eat? Dodgy hot dog at the Foo Fighters. Nah, nah, I didn't have any hot dogs or chips at the Foo Fighters. I don't know. Nah, I don't know. I was just um, chatting to the wife. Just 
probably, you know, gone from doing absolutely zero to, to full week and just overcook myself. But I'm feeling a little bit better this morning and um, ready to rip into a big show because uh, I better get through it. And then we're coming up to Auckland and catching up with you this afternoon. So that'll be good to see you, brother. Yeah, man, looking forward to it. Looking forward to, to seeing you and uh, and having a bit of a catch-up, mate, ahead uh, of the, what is going to be an absolutely massive weekend. I tell you, mate, I, there are uh, some strange stories going on. We're going to get to a couple of them in, in, in the triple, oh triple threat. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've got to say, I feel sorry now. We, we've had Baz on before, obviously, as the mm. coach, uh, coach of England. Um, mm. And he made some big calls, you know, when he selected his test team for this uh, India series. And yep. uh, that, that got covered quite a lot about, you know, some of the some of the calls he made. Uh, so he's gone into the first test with just one recognised fast bowler in Mark Wood. Um, and then he's got three spinners, Jack Leach, and then two guys, uh, one of whom's making his debut, one who has one test, and they're polling to the Indians in India in the first test. So it's... Uh, you got to say, uh, pretty daunting. You can feel for Tom Hartley, right? Debut mm. for England, 63 off nine overs. His first ball, mm. uh, Yashiv Jaswal put him back over his head for six. He went for two sixes in his first over. It's like, how do you pull back from that? Yeah, it's a tough one, but I love Baz's approach. You know, like that, that's Baz. He sees something, he, he doesn't. You know, he wants to allow players to have a crack, but it's probably the toughest place in the world to go and make your debut. So, look, they're under pressure. Bowled out for 260-odd in India, uh, coasting uh, 100-and-something for not uh, for one after day one. So they're under pressure, but, hey, England, that's how they play. They play with aggressive nature, and um, they'll find a way to get back in this. But, yeah, look, it's India. Ideals for spinners. Um, Jack Leach will need to have a big one. He's been out of that squad for a wee while. They missed him in the Ashes series. Cost him a hell of a lot. So you feel like he will be taking a, a bit of the lead, but they're under the pressure. And, well, I guess everyone in world cricket has been waiting for this moment. This is the biggest test in terms of that team. Yep. Yes, they've been coasting relatively well. People have been... Excited! This is Baz Ball. This is Brendan McCullum's team. It's unorthodox approach from him, and we know that personally how he does things, and mm. we love it. It's something different. It's aggressive, and you want to see that. But uh, they're under so much pressure. So, yeah, look, it's a long way to go in this series. Um, ben Stokes, after his surgery, come back. He gets the highest score of seventy. So, what does that mean? Dagger's donation's gone. Sorry about that. We got uh, pipped. From the get-go, uh, Womble, that's your fault, mate. You picked Joe Root, so you, you cost us that one, but that's okay. Um, but, yeah, be interesting to see how this all plays out there, Rick Dog. It will be. Actually, just on that, you know, yesterday, one of the options that came through was a $31 mm. shot on uh, Luka Doncic and Giannis, both to have triple-doubles. Did they get it? No, it was very, very close. They were two assists and one rebound off it happening. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd, prob- I'd rather get bundled out with Joe Root getting not even close to the high school than coming close to a $31 shot. Anyway, that's that's the way it's meant to be, and uh, we'll have to go again next week. Now, mate, I know you are absolutely fizzing for this. I, we, we've got uh, David Mustard coming up on the show after seven to talk tennis. Will O'Donnell after eight to talk cricket for out of the out of the uh, Auckland Aces, but at eight forty. Uh, you've mm. lined up a superstar. Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, J-Mac. J 
James McDonald. He's coming over to race at Caracamillion. So J-Mac's going to join us on the phone. He's flying out of Australia today, and he'll be doing his weight loss and whatever he needs to do to get prepared to, to race on um, on Saturday. So, yeah, gave J-Mac a message yesterday. He came back straight away and said, yep, sweet as he'll jump on. So 8.40ish, we'll have a chat to J-Mac. If you've got uh, a couple of... Couple of bucks on J Max horses, send through some messages for us to give them some inspiration, some motivation, or maybe just a little bit of advice because let's be honest, we've all got a bit of advice when they're riding our, our horses that we want them to win. So <laughs> yeah, send them through. J Max coming on. Yeah, double eight double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Get those messages through for us. But let's crack into this. Round one. Fight. Now the three big questions of the day, uh, well, there might be more than three, who knows, uh, but Proteas uh, have landed in New Zealand, and the Test mm. Series against the Black Caps starts February 4. Proteas coach has said his side aren't the underdogs for this Test Series, despite the fact they've got eight debutants and their most experienced player has 15 caps. How are they not the underdogs? Well, how are they not? Because New Zealand hadn't won a series since 1932 in <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> so, you know, history has a, has a funny th- way of doing things. Look, honestly, all the conversations have been about this Proteus side, but they're still representing their country. You can't Look, they're not in the first side because of a reason. Well, they've got their own domestic competition going on in South Africa, which allows their top-line players having to be a part of that uh, series. We can understand that. But these players aren't no mugs. They will come here and imagine this case. Imagine this situation. We are playing a South African team, which we will be probably near full strength, allowing a situation with Tom Blundell. Where's he going to be at um, in a couple of weeks' time? But we're going to be relatively full strength side. Imagine this situation when we lose this series, draw this series. You know, like, what are we going to be saying now? Is this the most? Is this the worst black cap side of all time, going down against the pro tiers? Well, yeah, it's an interesting one because I mean, the, you would have been in situations like this in your career, is mm. where you were expected mm. to win, right? Yep. The black caps are expected to win this because South Africa have got their own domestic T Twenty series going on, mm. and the um, the governing body has told those players we want you to play in the T Twenty comp rather than go and play yep. this test. Yeah, uh, so. You've been in that situation where you're the massive favourite. You're expected to win. You're expected to win comfortably. How did you deal with that? And how do you stop being complacent if everyone's telling you you're going to win? Look, I think it's, it's not hard, really, because you're playing the best competition or you're playing for your country up against another country. You know, they wouldn't pick just anyone to represent the protests with such a historical uh, nation that has been one of the best performing uh, teams into, and un- unearthing some absolute stars of the game. So I just, if you're not getting nervous and you're not preparing right, you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be there. So I always had it in the back of my mind, doesn't matter who we're playing, if we're playing Namibia, if we're playing South Africa, I prepared the exact same. Because the day that you cut that corner or you don't clean the corner of those windows, it's the day you will get caught out. So uh, uh, New Zealand and Gary Stead won't be reading anything into the media. They won't be listening to the outside noise. There'll be plenty of it going on from the likes of ourselves, um, but you just got to stay away from it. Do not get distracted on the task at hand. And, you know, because South Africa's a side. Cricket's all about momentum. Sport's about momentum. 
South Africa are going to have a bit of momentum. They're going to put a little bit of pressure on the Black Caps. And if they are able to do so, they'll grow. Their tails will start to, to wag. So, um, yeah, I think you've just got to have the exact same preparation, if not more, um, than you would have done um, previously to, to stop uh, those situations happening. Round two. Out of contract Wallaby Jordan Pattaya has been linked mm. to a Queensland NRL team. They haven't said which one, uh, but it's interesting. The fact, A, that he's 23 and out of contract with Australian rugby. Um, how do you reckon he'd go in NRL? And are you surprised uh, he's not under contract to, to the Aussies? I am surprised that Australia haven't contracted him further um, to an extent, but I think he'd go fantastic. I think league's his game. Mm. If I'm completely honest, I think he'd be far better suited at playing league. If you watch his game, he is tough, very, very tough. Defensively, can smash players, can make tackles, um, can get off the line and, and put a shot on. And then with ball in hand, mate, he runs so hard. He's a leaguey. For me personally, he is an out-and-out leaguey. So um, I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the season if we see him playing in the NRL or having a genuine crack at it anyway. He's only 23 years of age. Am I surprised that Australia haven't signed him onwards? No, I'm not surprised because they're a bit of a debacle in itself. Um, but uh, Jordan Pattaya, mate, I think he'd go absolutely great guns. Put him in the centres. Check him out at the centres. He's a very good ball runner. He runs real good inside shoulder lines. He's got a great offload. His only downside is probably his pass, whether he has an ability to pass and, and off both hands under pressure. That's probably his uh, his weakness. But, mate, I, I'm not surprised that uh, NRL are circling for this guy, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be circling more because that next article you put in is interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, talk about welcome to Australian rugby, Joe Schmidt. <laughs> hasn't even got his feet under the desk yet, and uh, this story uh, has popped up. Now, it's been whispers about the Melbourne Rebels being in a bit of trouble, but now, because um, they denied it, but now yeah. I don't think you can deny any of this because the futures of their stars, Tani Alatupo and Andrew Calloway, are up in the air amid reports uh, that they have entered voluntary administration and need a bailout of about half a million dollars to pay players and staff. It's less than a month out from their season opening clash against the Brumbies. The Rebels have appointed external financial advisors to address the club's $9 million in debt. And it comes in reports, too, that the chairman, Paul Doherty, is about to step down. His own personal business owes about $70 million and it's flagging. So maybe the wrong bloke in charge, is he? Yeah, swallow your pride. Rugby Australia, just swallow your pride here. Wave the white flag. So you gave it a crack. You try to enter a market that is dominated by NRL and, a and AFL and just say it wasn't meant to be. And make this decision an easy one in the end. People were crying out for teams to be shrunk to four. So this is an opportunity now to make that easy decision. Get out of get out of Melbourne. Get out of Victoria. Start focusing on on your your provinces or your states that are at, that are rugby orientated, where you're going to have a better chance of cracking it. And make that decision. Get Taniala Tupo, uh, Tupo and uh, Andrew Calloway. Get some quality players out of there. Start strengthening up your other sides and, and start making this competition competitive. It's an easy decision for me. It didn't work. It was never going to work in, in, in Victoria. Like It is dominated by the sport. I don't even know if rugby's... It's probably behind um, Lawn Bowls over there in Victoria. <laughs> no disrespect to Lawn Bowls, but that's the reality. So... It's an easy decision here, and I'm not surprised. That is a hell of a lot of money. They've got to come up with 500000 to pay staff 
and players, and no one is signed beyond 2024. So this might be the the last hurrah for the Melbourne Rebels. Wave the white flag and let's start focusing on the other states. I'll tell you what, NRL clubs will be circling in Melbourne at the moment. Would they? Well, there'd be a few. I mean, Callaway, you'd take Callaway, wouldn't you? Yeah, to yeah. an extent. Yeah, to a... <laughs> I don't think they'll be circling too much for that team, Derek. Tony Alatupo? No, I don't know if he'd go right, go right Lee. I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> Chapel head up. Uh, it's a, a simple question for you. Oh, no. Is the world round or flat? <laughs> it's round, that sphere. Yeah, it's just, it's just fair. Mate, Elon Musk will tell you. Yeah. He's up there every day, mate. He's up there every day. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He tell knows, you, mate. Tell you who doesn't know. And while know. he's up there filming that film that he wants to film <laughs> lately, he can tell us. He can take a video of it and show you that it is fair. It ain't, it ain't flat. No. It ain't flat. Birdo, you're better than that. Mate, the, so the story is <laughs> that Josh Mansour and Josh Adokar have got a, 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 a show called uh, Let's Trot. Uh, it's like a, mm. what do you call it, a podcast. Uh, they had Matt Burton on from the Dogs. Mm. Uh, kangaroos is obviously as well. And they have this thing where the last guest they have leaves a question for the next guest to answer, right? Mm. Now, that question from Chris Fade, who's some radio presenter over there, uh, was, do you believe that the world is flat? And um, he said, yeah, I believe it is. <laughs> And they were like, no, you don't. He goes, no, I do. And they're like, you believe the world's flat? He's like, yeah, yeah, well, it's kind of round, but it's obviously flat because you know what? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Burton, what are you on? But I do not want to go down this rabbit hole. But for me personally, <laughs> it is fear. Okay, it is fear. When you go out of there in the in the in the sky and you look at oh, you know, up there in space, is a, is is the moon flat? No. <laughs> no. No. I tell you what. I, I, I mean, I know it's barbecue season, but you don't have to go as a pork chop to everything. <laughs> I mean, jeez, what has it's, it done? I don't know. Look, he's got a good. He's got like, like when you look out at the ocean, it's flat. When you look along the, the landscape, it's flat. I can understand why he's um, he's a bit disorientated. He's, he's, here, he's but... never flown anywhere, obviously, because you get in a plane and you look mm. out the window, you can see the curvature of the earth. <laughs> Do you know what I heard yesterday? What did you hear? Going off topic here. Mm. That Elon Musk, yeah, wants to do a pornography up in space. What? Yeah. That's his next mission. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's this world coming to? Anyway, double eight, double three. Is the earth flat or sphere? Let us know. But I, I'm oh, pretty sure, oh. Birdo, for a fly half, someone that you're instilling a lot of trust into and making decisions, you can understand, you can understand why the Bulldogs struggle. You can. You can. Oh, the missionary mission with Elon Musk. You can just see it. It'll <laughs> come into theatres near you. It is 622 here on SENZ. Breakfast is here and Ricardo with you. Double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. Want to hear from you? We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and lad pride attachments. It is 6.27 here on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ and you can get in touch with us any time on 0800 150 or text us on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body. 
whether it's round or flat, so that you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Uh, now, uh, Rob Dog, uh, where were you five minutes ago? Because as soon as yeah. we came off, uh, turned the mics off last time, you came on with a very salient point around uh, whether or not the earth is flat or round. Yeah, well, it's a bit of logic. Um, it's never yeah. been my strong point, so yeah, you go. Yeah, you right, take this I'll, I'll, I'll take it. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty simple. You look, you look at a map, you know, America... Far left, Japan far right. Mm. So why is that not like the longest flight you can take? Like New Zealand to England is the lo- the longest flight, or Europe, um, and it's shorter to go to America, which is on the far left side of the map. So if the Earth was flat, that would make no sense. You know, the the attack on Pearl Harbor is mm. another one. You know, they have to mm. if the if the Earth isn't round, you, they have to go all the way across the map as opposed to just like up to <laughs> up to Japan. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I don't understand. I don't get it. There, I'm, there I'm gonna, you go, Robbie. I'm going to stop talking before I, yeah, before I you know, get too heated on no, the topic. I, I don't, I I don't get fl- it. I thought you were a flat earther. Why? Well, I, just why? Thought, I, why? I just assumed it. I, why? I, look, I you never assume anything, but I just assumed it. Um, right. But there you go. You put some Thanks. logic sense into uh, everyone's thoughts over there, and it makes perfect sense, actually. So, yeah, I don't know. Birdo? Birdo, what are you up to? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Izzy, you've dealt. You, 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 I you've, mean, you've, you've come in with something like that. You've got to back it up. It's flat. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if you're his agent, what are you doing right about now? Uh, you're telling him to <laughs> never do a podcast ever again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, double eight, double three is how you can get hold of us. That is the temper bed post text machine. We've got some sports headlines on the way for you shortly. Right now, though, here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. 28 away from 7 o'clock here on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast. And uh, we've got time for some sports headlines for you. Thanks to Bunnings Trade, it is back to work time at Bunnings Trade. And India are in a dominant position after the first day of the first test of the five-test series against England. Ravi Ashwin and Ravindra Jadeja both took three wickets each as England were dismissed for 246 in just 65 overs. Ben Stokes top scoring with 70. In reply, India's top order took to an England attack that featured just one fast bowler in Mark Wood. And he only bowled two overs. They finished 119 for one uh, at Stumps. Uh, Yash Jaiswal, 76 not out off just 70 balls. England's rookie spinner taking the brunt of it, going for 63 off nine overs, including a six back over his head in, the, in his first ball in Test cricket, poor bugger. Uh, in the second test against the Aussies in Brisbane, the Windies ended day one, 266 for eight. Josh De Silva top scoring for them with 79. Bizarrely, is he? The Aussies used. Guess how many uh, how many bowlers the Aussies used in this first in the day one second test. A few, because I'm seeing it right here in front of me. There's a lot of. Them. Did everyone bowl eh? there were eight? Much. They used eight bowlers. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, including Manus Lubbershane, who I don't, I don't know if he even knows how to bowl, but he, he he rolled his arm over as well. Robbie, cricket desk, come in. Um, this can't be about rest and rotation when it's day one of a test. Why have they used eight bowlers? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Probably just to try and change it up. Um, 
Hope, hope, it, hope it's not injury-related, or I guess if it's Aussie, maybe hope it is injury-related. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, I mean, and it could be. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but, yeah, pro- probably just to, um, you know, so- something a bit different. You know, we sometimes see that in, in tests with golden arm Glenn Phillips. So what do you think? They were just trying to find a way to break a partnership probably. so they threw, threw the ball yeah, around that, a that bit. would be my only guess, yeah. Nah, it's lack of respect for the West Indies. It's saying, look, we're trying to build for the future here. Let's see what Travis Hedder's got. Yeah, we'll give him three overs, go for 14 runs. Nah, oh, well, we'll, we'll pass on that one. We'll give Marcus a, game, uh, a bowl. He goes for one run off one over. Oh, he's not bad. <laughs> ah, this is about disrespect and saying, look, we'll just give, we'll just play games with the West Indies. They don't respect him. All right. Is he making the big calls? Big calls. All right, I like it. Ah, sure. You're um, bowling eight bowlers. Yeah, it's, it, ain't about it is rest. random. It is random. You want to roll? You want to roll them? You want to roll them for as least the least total possible? And now they're out for two sixty or for eight. Oh, it's good to see a test made of it. Well, but yeah, it's because I mean, after Adelaide, how many days does that go? Three and a half. Three, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I was when they when they Wendy's went into bat first. I was like, oh, okay, this could be over real quick. But no, they, they've managed to get the stumps on day one, uh, and they'll uh, start again today. Uh, it is a day night test, so I think it's around four o'clock that that starts. Uh, Eddie Jones is poised to coach England uh, against England at Twickenham later this year. Uh, the first time that he will take charge of a test side at England's Rugby HQ since December 2022 and is sacking by the RFU. Jones has since taken his old job at Japan and they've already agreed to host England in Tokyo in his first match in charge in June and now they've penciled in a Twickenham return later in the year. Mm, wonder how he'll be received when he enters, enters Twickenham. Probably not well. Probably not well at all, but um, yeah, interesting getting, getting the ball rolling for, for Japan. Look, I, I hope like anything that Japan doesn't take a backwards step, but mm. man, they, they, they've put themselves into a, a nice solid position with Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown. Like the days where we'd pump them by 60, 70, now it's a competitive game. They are competitive on the international stage, so uh, yeah. Let's, let's watch and see, but I, I hope like hell that they, they can still be competitive as they were. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. It's, it's what direction does Eddie Jones take them in? Can Because, I mean, he's quite a different coach to the way Tony Brown and Jamie Joseph coach, isn't he? He's a, he's a very different. It's, it's Eddie's way on the highway, and it was probably Jamie Joe. And that's the thing with J- Japanese rugby. They are, the, how do I put it nicer? They're very... You can't put it nice. They're very robotic, <laughs> yeah. you know, over in Japan rugby. They have a style which they play. They've always never been too creative with ball in hand. They need structure and they need to be prepared with a game plan that they can follow thoroughly throughout their game. <clears throat> a prime example of that is where I was playing in Japan and we had set moves that uh, we had practiced all week to try and um, expose this team. Well, the, uh, the opposition had done their homework. And all every time we went to do those set moves, they knew we were doing them. So that space was covered throughout. So I made the decision, look, boys, there's space wide. Let's change it up. Let's make a decision late to hit the ball wide, hit me wide, and we'll, we'll create a bit of space out there. So it's unstructured play. Well, no, 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 no. This guy, Matomo, said to me, no, 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 Dagger, we have to go through the structure. We have to play the play because that's what we've trained all week. So that is the problem with Japanese rugby. And I know Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown were trying to get them out of uh, get it out of their their mindset. You have to be creative and you have to play what you see. 
Um, let's not be too structured. So hopefully they can continue that on. But this is Eddie Jones' team, and this is Eddie Jones' way. So I cannot, I can see them going backwards here, and and uh, and, and I'm taking that, um, putting that roboticness back into their mindset. Mm, I'll have to see. Uh, proof will be in the pudding. We'll find out more about that uh, in June. Uh, now. Uh, the big NBA news yesterday was that the uh, Bucks had fired Adrian Griffin, their coach, despite being 31 and 13, and we're all a bit like, wow, why? What's going on? Maybe Giannis just kind of let a little bit of light in the door on this one, not from anything he said, but from something he did. Uh, yesterday he scored 35 points to lead the Bucks to a 126-116 win over the Cavaliers. He finished with his seventh triple-double of the season, racking up 18 rebounds and 10 assists as well. Damian Lillard added 28 points, Chris Middleton 24. Cleveland, who had won eight in a row, uh, have uh, got turned over. The, I mean, Donovan Mitchell scored 23 for them, Jarrett Allen 21. But that means Milwaukee improves to 2-1 and one this season against Cleveland. Mm. And they got a bit of revenge after last week. They lost to the Cavs by 40 points. 135 to 95 was the score a week ago. So, and we see Giannis turn up with this triple double, is he? Is it, was that a case now looking at this going, were they just downing tools to get rid of the coach? Yeah, I think so. 100%. Like, like defense is about attitude, the willingness to get to, to where you need to be the quickest play, um, possible way, anticipating, like being where your mate needs you to be. And you. You can train it to an extent, but it has to come from deep within. And you can see it. Like when, when there's no respect there or you've kind of just, you know, sugarboating, sugarcoating around situations, that's, that's what happens. So I, I, I totally reckon that there was a player coup to get him out of there. Mm. And uh, look, it'll be interesting to know if anything more comes out of, out of this. And Doc Rivers is going to take over. Um, how's that situation playing out in Giannis? Has he been a big part of including him? So... Look, it's just that player power, isn't it? When the it players is. are unhappy, they, they tend to get their way. And it was interesting too, because I did, did a bit more reading about this. So Doc Rivers was brought in in December mm. by the uh, owners to uh, basically help the head coach. Was mm. like, when that happens, it's like you might as well just resign. Because it's like they're bringing in somebody like that. It's like the only yeah. reason, one reason why it's just a matter of time. Yeah, you got someone looking over your shoulder. As a coach, I would absolutely hate that. Like, do you feel like you are the head coach? Do you feel like that is your team? Pro- definitely not. Um, so, yeah, look, Doc Rivers, it'll be interesting to see how he went, how he goes, because it was at the 76ers, and they did a hell of a lot of trades, and they had a mm. pretty good roster, and they struggled. Now, now you look at the 76ers and how they're going about their game now. They are competitive as hell, one of the best teams in the NBA. So... It's not an easy switch, I feel. I think Doc Rivers is going to have to really work hard. Yeah, he's probably got a little bit to prove, I think, um, after that 76. A lot to prove. But, I mean, he had a couple of difficult players there too, didn't he? And maybe his man management wasn't quite up to it. But James Harden was obviously an issue. And then and also Ben Simmons. You know, they spent all that money on Ben Simmons. And he was permanently, inverted commas, injured for whatever mm. reason. So, yeah, he had a yeah. couple of personality problems, I think, at the 76ers. Yeah. 76ers, he was at the Clippers as well, wasn't mm. he? Yeah, they were reasonably yep. successful under him, actually. I mean, yeah. I think he's only had one losing season in his whole time as an NBA coach. 
Yeah. So he goes all right. He's, he's won a championship okay. before. He's won a championship. Okay, before, well, so. probably a good move by the Bucks. We'll see. We have to watch and see how this plays out. But yeah, it just shows hey, maybe that the players were probably not trying as hard as they should have. Yeah, 100%. Uh, there you go, Sports News headlines for you. Bunnings Trade can help you get back to work with amazing value on a huge range. It is 18 away from 7 o'clock. We'll be back after this. Text us, double eight, double three. It is 13 away from 7 o'clock. Double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. You can get hold of us anytime on 0800 150 And news just through, Izzy. We talked uh, earlier in the week about golf in New Zealand on the up and up. Well, the New Zealand Open prize purse has uh, just been released. Uh, it has gone up by another 21%. It's just clocked $2 million. Yeah, it's good. It's good the prize pool's getting up to about $2 million and uh, now these golfers, what does that do? And encourages big golfers from around the, around the world to come here and be a part of it. So, yeah, it's going to get better and better and bigger and bigger. And you've got to think, about 10 years ago, Cam Smith played in that event. Lucas Herbert, a um, couple of the big names have played at the New Zealand Open. So it's an awesome pathway for these players to play a part. A lot of the Chinese, Asian players come over and now they're competing on the world stage. So... Um. Yeah, it's 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 a great competition, and when you have a big purse like that, you can bring the big names down under to be a part of it. So Dan Hilly is one of the big Kiwis coming back. We don't know if Ryan Fox is going to be a part of it yet because of he's currently playing in the in the Farmers Insurance Open over in the PGA, his first PGA event of the year, and he's two under. I think the leader's on eight under, so he's a little bit off the off the lead. But um, yeah, we have to wait and see if he's able to because I think there's a huge event. It is uh, a big, big purse, like six to seven million worth uh, at similar time. So we might not get to see Foxy, but we still get to see a lot of our Kiwi golfers. Yeah, and quite good too, I think, for a lot of the young Kiwi golfers that we've been mm. talking about, uh, is that yep. one of the things they've done is they've guaranteed travel money. So if you come yep. back and miss the cut, they'll still give you a grand to help cover some of your travel. Yeah, definitely. And that's what you need. You need the support. Support, uh, it goes a long way. Like Sam Jones made the, um, uh, what was it, uh, the, the, the the tour, the uh, uh, World Series. Oh, oh, what's that? The DP D- World Tour. Yep. The DP World Tour. He made the DP World Tour last year. So he automatically, I think, got 200,000 euros to allow him to go travel, to, to um, book hotels. And when you have that pressure taken off you, it allows you to focus Solely on golf, so um, yeah, Kiwi golf, man, we're flying at the moment. We've got we had a such probably the best weekend in New Zealand golf last weekend with a couple of our Kiwis winning, uh, and I saw the news yesterday. Nick Dunlap, the person that uh, won the last um, DP uh, PGA event, mm. uh, and last weekend he was a twenty-year-old amateur, and he beat um, Bazaden out by two shots. He's just turned pro. Oh, he's gone pro, has he? He's gone pro, so he missed out, skipped this weekend's uh, Farmers Insurance Open, Mm. and the news has just broken that he is going to turn pro, and his first event is the um, Pebble Beach uh, Pro-Am event uh, next weekend. So Nick Dunlap, a big name that people will be looking, uh, he won his first event, I think the first time since 91, Phil Mickelson. Can he he partner himself in the Pro-Am event? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. Right, okay. But it's such a cool event. A lot of the celebrities play it. I think um, Justin Timberlake's played, and it. it's quite a cool, cool event. So uh, yeah, Nick Dunlap, the hottest pop, pop, 
prospect in golf at the moment is playing. Yeah, he's turned pro. He's, I, I, it's interesting the timing of that because I was reading a story before the show. Uh, he uh, that win for him has just elevated him to number one in the world as an amateur. So he's, he's gone to number one in the world as an amateur. Thing. I'm thanks very much. See you later. Go to the program. Sixty eighth in the world as a pro, like as yeah. in the world, in the world. So he's, I think he went from four thousandth to sixty eighth. Yeah, well, that's, crazy. that's not bad. He's going. He's going to get paid. That's what he's doing. He's going mm. to get paid. We're nine away yeah. from seven o'clock. Double eight, double three is how you get hold of us. That is the Temper Bedpost text line, or you can call us anytime. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. And we're four minutes away from 7 o'clock here. You can get a hold of us anytime you like. 0800 150 or double eight double three. And we mentioned it earlier that the uh, Daggers donation, not Izzy's investment as it turned out this time around, had fallen over because uh, Joe Root out for 29 against India. And uh, yeah, Ben Stokes got the chocolates for top run scorer for England with 70. That was Womble. He, has, text, he has texted through. <laughs> no, no. He messaged, it was quite funny because I got two messages at one. Joe from Gizzy mm-hmm. sent me, ah, your bloody donation's been donated again. And then I had another <laughs> one from Adam McLaughlin. Sorry, mate. He was looking so good. He, and then he got skied one for 29. I was like, oh, no. But anyway, that's okay. It's what it's, what it's all about. We had a uh, crack at it. And next Thursday, we'll have another uh, genuine chance to... I want to get someone paid. Maybe, maybe we just go for a certainty and just 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 stop trying to be hopeful. What do you reckon, Rick? Dill? Well, that's kind of why I locked in Joe's. You know, I mean, I'm not the biggest racing guy. I know that Joe follows it a lot closer than I do. Oh, mate, he's a donator too. Oh, is he? Well, he, he gave us a couple <laughs> yesterday. I, I <laughs> nah, thought he was a winner, mate. It. He's a winner. No, nah, um, nah, he, he tends to win. He tends to win. He, he's pretty. He's not too far off the beat. So, and yesterday, Legato, if you got on the futures mm. for Legato, we had a bet on Legato. You got you got a full payout even before the race, which I can't even understand. Really, like. It's horse racing. Anything can go on in that bloody game. So, TAB, they're 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 up for. They got a bit of cash to spend. What I wonder why they do that. Then why do they? Does that minimise? Was it something to do with the risk that they're taking? And then that means they can because they've paid out on that, they can drop the price further. Is that how it works? I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Joe from Guzzi would have a bit more. Yeah, be, be all over it. I can't. I can't understand it. I'll tell you who is uh, being very quiet at the moment but could be getting paid this weekend is uh, young Robbie. Mm. Well, what's he got? Well, he jumped on. He jumped on Futures. Didn't you, Rob? What'd you get at, Rob? Yeah, well, I, I got Legato at 5.50. Someone texted and they got it as well, but um, it's in a multi with uh, Velocious and Tokyo Tycoon, which obviously Velocious, I think ah. they were both at 5.50 or 6. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but Velocious is... Like three now, but Tokyo Tycoon's out to like fourteen. So that's the that's the big one, I think. So if Robbie's not at work on Monday, what does that mean? He got paid. It's a top of <laughs> He's got a hangover, <laughs> and maybe he got a cuddle. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> don't know about that. He's looking very confused right now. I don't know. I think he's wondering who's getting this cuddle from. Uh, no, you and me? No. I'll give you. I'll give you a cuddle tonight, Rob. Oh, we'll see you, see you tonight, Rob. See you tonight. Yeah, right. that'll be good. All right, coming up for the next hour here on uh, Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ. We're going to talk tennis. David Mustard 
tennis coach, former pro as well, is going to join us to talk Australian Open. And Yannick Sinner has got it all in front of him. Can he end Novak Djokovic's 33-match un- unbeaten run at the Australian Open? Can he do no, it? No, he can't. We'll find out. My hair, my hair does say no. <laughs> <laughs> Could be pink. Come Monday, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We're also going to have uh, J-Mac, uh, James McDonald on around 8.40 and Will O'Donnell from the Auckland Aces just after 8 as well. Plenty more to come right here on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. It is five past seven here on SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. Coming up on the show, David Mustard is going to join us shortly. We're going to be talking Australian Open tennis. We're also going to catch up with James McDonald before nine o'clock and Will O'Donnell out of the Auckland Aces with all the big Super Smash games. Elimination finals and finals coming up this weekend as well. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee. From just $4.50 at your local night and day. Uh, David Mustard joins us now. Uh, good morning, uh, David. Uh, how good has this Australian Open been, mate? You enjoyed it? Yeah, I was um, I was actually over there on the first week on the Wednesday. And uh, to be honest, um, the fan zones got a lot better, you know, just user-friendly, just more shelter in the sun, which actually it wasn't hot over there at that particular time. Um, and honestly... It's it's incredible when you wander around the outside courts, um, you know the different the different type of players now. A lot of French young French players, a lot of Italians. Um, generally, the overall standard has got higher and higher each year. And you know, and when you come into the supposed changing the guards with the new young ones coming through, um, you know, and challenging the the older crowd. And I shouldn't really say that because we kind of all get old, but we. Uh, feel like we can still take it out but they there are a lot of players that are really knocking on the door now so I'm very very impressed with the standard I think tennis is in a healthy state to be honest yeah that's good mate that's that's what we want to see and you know we've had this conversation as he and I uh, a few times this week about uh, who is going to um, stop uh, Djokovic and there was a lot of talk about well it's got to be Alcaraz it's got to be Alcaraz it's got to be Alcaraz but Alcaraz got tipped up by Zverev uh, so, yep. I mean, maybe that shows that um, there it, it is more than just a two-horse race because for a little while, particularly last year, towards the end of last year, it looked like it was always going to be those two when it came to the slams. Yeah, it did, but Severev was pretty unfortunate. I mean, he got pretty badly injured there for a while and he's taken a little while to come back. But I think what was really interesting with uh, Alcaraz, and he's, he was pretty humble about... Uh, you know, his loss to Zeverev, he, he realised that he's got things to do, he's got uh, to hone his game a bit, and if you look at it, pretty much Zeverev played a lot tidier, and he had a phenomenal 85% of first serves, so Zeverev has really had a lot of match play of late, played very, very well, and uh, to be honest, he was the deserved winner on the on the night. Um, Alcaraz, look, he's got a huge future, he's incredibly dynamic to watch, moves incredibly well, has the flair, but uh, Zeverev has been knocking on the door. Remember, he should have probably won a Grand Slam by now. He lost to team um, one year with two sets and he served for the match in one of the um, finals in Grand Slam. So Zeverev really is playing quite well. Interesting because he now plays against Medvedev. Um, and that's going to be interesting because uh, Medvedev actually has an 11-18 
you know, matches of their 18, Medvedev has won 11, and, and the last couple that uh, Medvedev has won. So that's going to be a really interesting semi-final, to be honest. Semi-final, David, you've got Novak Djokovic, who, wow, he's been pretty comfortable getting through to the semi-final, but he's up against Sinner, and Sinner has been absolutely flying as of late, mate. Do you see this going to a five-setter? How do you see it playing out? Well, let's let's face it. We'd all love to see a five setter. Skinner coming into this <laughs> final. I mean, I mean, we would. I mean, look on paper, this could be one of the the best matches of all time because mm. Skinner has not he's not lost a set. He's won in three straight on all his matches coming through to this stage. Uh, and remember, you know, pre Christmas it was Djokovic. Um, you know, won one of their matches in the Masters, but Skinner actually had also won two against him, one in the round robin of the Masters and also in the Davis Cup finals. So Sinner, Sinner knows how to beat Djokovic. But what's incredible to me is Djokovic at 36, and yes, 23 slams, all that sort of stuff, he is incredibly good at problem solving. Something happens, uh, a switch flicks, it's, it's, it's incredible. I believe Skinner, um, I mean, it's, they're very close in uh, who or the odds are, um, I think I think Skinner can actually take him out this time. Um, it's just a self-belief thing, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Yannick Sinner, you look at his, his tournament, uh, He, I think he's the only player not to have dropped a set, I think, to get to where he is. He's only dropped something like uh, 10 or 12 games as well. Uh, David, I mean, what do you put that down to? That's uh, to be able to execute that at this level. Oh, look, it, it's honestly it's self-belief. Their training regimes are, are phenomenal, phenomenal. And by the way, I've been calling him Skinner for some reason because in one of the articles I was reading, it actually said Skinner. They spelled it wrong. It's actually Skinner. So sorry. <laughs> I thought of you were saying Skinner. I was like, is, he, is that his nickname? <laughs> no, no, it was interesting because there's an article and they actually wrote the name wrong. And then I actually came out and I wrote it down on my little thing here and I put down Skinner. Are you kidding me? Anyway, um, look, look, the thing about Skinner is. And if you look at the guys that are really coming through, and, and I'll, I'll mention Demeter from um, Australia, they realise that they're all good off the ground, all of them. It is the one that is more aggressive and takes uh, the front foot ball, and they're coming forward more now. It's the one that takes more of the risk, but calculated risks. And Sinner really does have that self-belief. He's serving better these days as well. He is a good athlete. He has all the attributes. It is River. He has the belief on the day. Djokovic is honestly, it's it's incredibly, well, I just find it phenomenal that he can do what he does. He always seems to turn it around when he needs to. But having said that, I'm going to go for Sinner in this one, to be honest. Oh, oh no, that means I might. <laughs> I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking Tell him about Djokovic. the beer, Izzy. Tell him about I'm the take, beer. I've taken Djokovic, and Robbie, the producer, has taken Sinner, and uh, whoever loses that has to dye their hair red. So you've. Uh, I hope you're wrong, David. I hope you're well and yeah, truly look, wrong. Look, look, I could look. I could be, but but I think you know. Perhaps it is time. And uh, okay. I'll tell you what, I wonder how, jo- I wonder how Djokovic loves the, uh, the saying that he's a human backboard. I'm not so sure I like that. I, I, yeah. But anyway, that's, it's, a, it's incredible what you're reading, but it is phenomenal. It's really, tennis is in a healthy state. It's great.
Uh, let's flip to the, the women's side. You've got Quinn Wen uh, Zhang, who is the 21-year-old Chinese player, the second Chinese player to make it through to the semi, uh, uh, to the final of the uh, the Grand Slam, mate. How have you found her game? And, and she's obviously going to take on Sabalenka, who dismantled Coco Goff in straight sets. Oh, look, you know, I've watched a little bit of her and incredibly solid off the ground, really has an awful game. But again, what amazes me is, you know, and she's, uh, you know, she's just starting to be noticed a lot more now. She actually mentally is incredibly strong. Um, and she, she again, has self-belief. She has the game, very solid, good athlete. You know, she's like a lot of, a lot of them, it is the self-belief. I, I think it'll be very difficult for her to take out, um, you know, Sablenka. I, I, I really, is a, I, I like the way Sablenka plays uh, aggressively. Um, and she did well against uh, Coco Goff uh, to come through that because Goff did, did serve for that first set. Uh, Goff was disappointed in her serving percentage, uh, and also every now and again she, you know, sprays a little wider beforehand. She could have easily won that match, Coco Goff, but it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, the second person sibling to go through, you know, to the Australian final for a second year in a row, and the only other person that's done that is Serena uh, Williams. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, again, you know, it seems like the final was the Coco Golf and uh, Sibling won mm. that mm. that should have been the final. But hey, look, that's the way. The point system works. That's the way it turned out in the draw. It's just, it's just unfortunate, but that's what happened. Well, what about Zing then, mate? Because I mean, she has the most aces in the women's side of the draw for this tournament. So is this, is that basically how the final is going to come down? It's going to be all about how well Sabalenka can return uh, her her serve. Well, Sabalenka really has. It looks like she has a single game plan: hit the banana cake out of the ball. Um, you know. If, she, if she's accurate and on, she just destroys you. Um, Zhang, I think, will, uh, you know, will be a little bit more consistent than she's than she's perhaps used to. Um, and, and Zhang honestly does have a chance to take this out because the Lincoln can be hot and cold. But as late, uh, she's been quite dominant and she's learned how to just be a little bit more mentally stable in those in those tough areas. It, it will be interesting. Zhang does have the weaponry to do that, as you mentioned, the serve. Um, but I think it's going to be the one again on the day. I'm just wondering if things going to, you know, nerves could affect her with that being in that big moment. I mean, the last uh, Chinese player to win the Open was Li Na um, for China. So, you know, and that's that was always one of her idols. So, look, she's got a good team. She has an opportunity. I just wonder if the occasion might be a little bit big for her. And speaking of serves, uh, we we haven't really talked too much about the other semi-final matchup in the men's, but uh, Alexander Zverev. Yep. Um, the thing about Al- uh, the, the match against Alcaraz was just uh, how big he went on the serve. I think he uh, he landed first serve, something like 97 of his 111 first serves uh, went in. I mean, as a, somebody's a tennis coach, David, that's got to be a dream. Oh, it's unbelievable. And it's interesting because Kyrgios said even when he was serving incredibly well, he said he never retained an 85% you know, uh, percentage, first serve percentage, in the match, so you know when you when you can do that, it means you start getting the ability to be able to have the initiative in the point straight away, or you're getting free points. Um, so that's a huge um, thing that Zverev has in his favour, and he's going to have to do that against Medvedev, I'll tell you. But I, I'm, I'm I'm impressed, Zverev. You know, it's it, perhaps it's his time as well. 
he's done very, very well to get through this far. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I see Medvedev, um, by the way, just uh, saying that um, after each match, he says, I love the way he talks in interviews. He goes, I'm destroyed. He said, you know, I put it out there. I'm almost dead. But hey, I've got a day or so usually to recover. My team does a great job. But, uh, you know, Medvedev, honestly, he's such an unusual player to watch. How deep he stands to return serve, which he will be. Um, just his racket head work. And um, you think you're in control, and Medvedev sort of waves the wand and, and, and seems to be able to get out of trouble. But again, I, I think personally, I would love to see Zverev win because I think it's about time. You know, he got to a final and was knocking on the door to take out a slam, to be honest. One of the big conversations from the tournament has been the timings of the games. What have you made of the latest headlines? Uh, talking about potentially bringing the timings forward to allow players and even fans an early opportunity to finish because I think we've seen games finishing at 4.30 a.m. Well, you know, what's amazing, I thought before this event, they were talking about that and I thought they'd made some rules on it. The problem is they've got the television side, all that sort of stuff. The matches are are running longer than normal. It it is actually a bit of a nightmare for them. The only way, and also their scheduling, so, you know, overall because of the number of matches they have to get through. So, yes, yes, it should probably be earlier. Um, they know this happens. This honestly happens all the time. So they yes, they need to, to schedule earlier if they can. I don't know whether that is actually logistically possible, to be honest. And uh, David, we've also got a Kiwi still in the mix, of course, with Erin Rutliff um, in the semi-finals of the women's doubles. Uh, the, her and uh, yep. and yep. Gabby Dabrowski are favourites. They're paying a dollar seventy-five to beat uh, uh, Ostapenko and her partner. Uh, what chance do you give her of going all the way and and, and adding a slam? Um, actually, that's interesting. Ricardo, did did Shay and Mertens didn't they? Um, they came they came through, but in, yeah, in the semi they're playing Ostapenko and. And her partner, yeah, um, yeah. But I was just saying the other side's already gone through, which is which is quite interesting. Cause that's quite a team that have to face if they could take this out. Um, okay, if you look at it on paper, Erin and Dabrowski, um, you know, 28 years old, Dabrowski 31 years old. Canadians played well together. They won the U.S. Open. They are the favourites. I totally agree. Fourth seeds, um, but you know the other the other team are very dangerous. They return very very well, but at the moment. Erin um, and uh, the Rusky, they have so much confidence um, and they're gelling so well, you know, it's hard to see them not getting through to the final, um, which is pretty phenomenal. And I love the way we always own Erin and say that, you know, the Zealand, she was born here at five years old. She basically moved to Canada. Um, but it, it cracks me it cracks me up. But, but no, but it's good. And she, you know, she has ties to a, a Kiwi coach here, Neil Carter. Um, look, she's done phenomenally well. It's great to see, and yes, let's own her because it hopefully gets more people interested in tennis in this country, and then we get a number one player in the world, which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right, well, listen, David, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you coming on this morning, and great to get your thoughts on it as well. Enjoy the weekend, uh, and, uh, and and maybe, maybe we might have somebody other than Djokovic on the winner's podium. Let's see. It's going to be a, going to be a great weekend of tennis. Thanks very much, David. All right, my pleasure. Cheers, David Mustard there with us. Uh, you, you're looking slightly more worried after that chat, is he? Ah, oh, a little bit, a little bit. Um, Chris is on my side. He's come through. Novak has no fear of going five again. the job done, let us right. On the flip side, if you play Novak, 
It's the last place you want to go. Sinner has to believe he can win in five, even from two down. Going to be a great game, I feel. Novak for me, though. But David's picking Sinner or Skinner, um, which will which will be interesting, mate. It's it's tennis, but I just can't see anyone stop like Novak. His willingness to stay in every point and fight to the very end. You have to hit a miraculous shot to beat Novak. Like, he just scraps for every single point. He is as fit as anything, mm. and you just got to wear him down. And he can go five easily. So that that's where I, I get my confidence from, is his, his willingness to scrap and his willingness to just continue on being the GOAT. And the other thing is the... Um, that he... You know, Janik, Yannick Sinner has had such a good tournament. He hasn't been past three sets all tournament. So I guess you make the argument that he's fresh, but what happens when he ha- if he has to go into the deep water? Yeah, he's had it easily. Well, he hasn't had it easily, but he's made it look easy. When the pressure's on, when that pressure from Novak is going to to, to be turned on, you know, how is, he, well, uh, how is he able to adjust and adapt to it? So... Man, it's a huge game. Starts today at 4.30 and then followed by Zverev Medvedev uh, following that as well. So a big day of tennis. And we'll be watching Erin Routliff and Gabby Dabrowski. Hopefully they can continue on in the uh, women's sing, uh, doubles in the Grand Slam. So yeah, I'm just looking at coming up. Yeah, the TAB odds. Medvedev $1.66, Zverev two seventeen. So pretty even that market. Mm. Head-to-head, though, in the other one, Djokovic $1.48. Yannick's in a $2.60. Clearly closer than I thought it would be. And Robbie said to me earlier in the week that he got on Yannick's in a win in five, and it was paying $8. Well, it's now down to sixes. Mm. It ain't going five. What'd I say? And four. Oh, you said four, so it's well, that's paying sixes as well. So there you go. Ah, oh, so there's, okay. there's definitely the, 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 there's yeah, a I'll bit of movement in the market. One. I'll give Sina one set. Well, you get you, Djokovic to win 3 1, 375. Mm. There you go. Get on it. Get on it. There you go. Izzy, don't, you, you don't get on it because otherwise you'll stop it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, keep your text rolling through. Thanks for your text, Chris. Double eight, double three. the temper bed post text machine, of course. And uh, still to come, we're going to be talking cricket. We're going to be talking uh, the Karaka Million as well. We want to hear from you and get your take on uh, what you're most looking forward to this weekend. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. It's Tradies Hour. You can call us anytime, 0800 150 or double eight double three. Warm yourself up this morning with a hell of a coffee, starting at just $4.50 from your local night and day. And Izzy, a great text through on double eight double three from Dave in Caraca. Good morning, boys. Don't worry, Iz. You can't lose. Even if you have to dye your hair red, you'll still look at home with your Crusaders. Ha ha. Have a great weekend and good luck on the punt. See, Robbie didn't pick up on that. <laughs> See, Robbie did not pick up on that one, but so he knows it's all part of that. Look, I don't mind if I have to dye my hair red. I had a little bit of ginger in me anyway, so it will just be adding to that a little bit. Yeah, I was fully ginger when I was a young kid. Fully ginger, afro. They used to call me gollywog. Wow. Yeah. Uh, curls galore. I was curly. Yeah, curly as hair and full red. And I don't know what happened, but just uh, just faded out. Faded out. Yeah, that's what my I, I it used went to grey and and then disappeared slowly. So yeah. <laughs> I've got I got a picture of the old well, the old lady got a picture of when I was about two or three years old and my hair's full blonde and curly. Mm. Yeah, changes so changes yeah, when you're a kid. It changes all the time. Yeah, same as my son. He's um, 
he's yeah, a little bit blonde. His, his eyes are starting to go a little bit green. I don't know which where's that from. Might be the milkman, but um, <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> I've got full hazel. Yeah, Arlo's eyes are going green, eh? Is that the milkman? Yeah. She just said, mm. <laughs> Oh, was that one of those things that you said and then looked around and realised that they used to the room and you went, oh, Yeah, she was there in, delivering my coffee. I'm, uh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Uh, now, earlier uh, we were talking about the payout, the TAB payout, why they paid out on mm. Legato as early as they did. And we asked that question. Goose said, I reckon the TAB do it because it's most likely to win, so then they hope punters put the money on something else. Oh, yes, smart, smart. Always have a fill-up, reinvest, dagger. <laughs> there you go, there you go. And then Dan, uh, Daniel of the Waikato said, sure, boys, just a theory on TAB early payouts uh, on Legato is they pay out early so you reinvest the money into the day's racing. Love the show for a tip, lads. Live drama, race eight, Rickerton, $5 a win, $2 a place. Easy money, big drop in class for this mare without getting weighted out of it. Oh. Don't sleep on this Aussie runner in the two-year, uh, and don't sleep on the Aussie runner in the two-year-old millions either, Bo Dazzler. Bo Dazzler. Bo Dazzler, okay, we'll have a quick look at that. Bo Dazzler, Robbie Dolan on top, Tommy Tony and Madison Sears trained two one two. Bo Dazzler paying twenty one bucks, five dollars for a place. It started out at sixteen dollars and it's gone out to twenty one. The Bo Dazzler there from Dan- Daniel. So does someone know something we don't? Why the Bo Dazzler? Yeah. What? Why the Bo Dazzler, Daniel? I, I'll, I'll just say this because I got burnt earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tip that we had come through from Cam, Cam that was yeah, eight, yeah, that was 18s into 14s, and then by the time the race started, it was out to 21s. So the fact that it's out to 21s doesn't fill me with confidence. Mm, okay, yeah, that's a that's a good good race because the BGP boys have got cool and fast with Opie on top, paying six dollars fifty, and then we have got Win Stars Alliance with Naba. And then down the bottom, we got Damas Rose, who I spoke poked to him about yesterday that uh, there's a lot of signs alluding to. If there's uh, a late scratching, Damas Rose goes straight in. Mm. He's paying $26, and apparently it's pretty darn cool. They reckon it's probable-like. Oh, really? Hopefully it mm. probably gets a chance. Um, <laughs> it is 28 away from eight. Robbie is shaking his head. You, you, look, you remind me of my missus, eh? Just, she's like, oh, dad jokes. She's That's just not like, good. She, she rolls it. She's like, oh, did I roll my eyes out loud again? Oh, no. Oh, you know, she, she, over it, over it. So, uh, But anyway, uh, we will get away to the news with Araha. Here it is, thanks to Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. 26 away from 8 o'clock here on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ. Kennard's Hire are making back-to-work trade easy. We have got some headlines for you. And uh, if you've been following the cricket, you'll know this, but uh, one of the most looked forward to anticipated test series in a while, five test series in India for uh, Baz's England team, and uh, hasn't started well. India in a dominant position after the first day. Uh, Ravi Ashwin and Ravindra Jadeja both taking three wickets as England were dismissed for 246 in just 65 overs. Ben Stokes top scoring with 70. 
In reply, India's top order took on an England attack and took them to pieces, really. Mark Wood was the only fast bowler in the team, and he only bowled two overs. They finished uh, at stumps 119 for one. Yes, Jai Swell going hard, 76 off just 70 balls, including taking England's rookie spinner to task two sixes in his first over in Test cricket, including his first ever ball in Test cricket, sailing right back over his head and over the boundary. So, yeah, got it all to do. Baz and his teammate. What do you think he'll be saying after uh, day one of that test? Oh, he won't be changing much of his uh, his conversation. Really, he's always been the same old, same old, inspiring and taking the shackles off his players. But you get a sense: is this is this what people will have been waiting for? Yeah, that pe- a lot of people are waiting for England to fail. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, mm. I, you know, I mean, it's it's very typically English. You celebrate yeah. something excellent, and then you go, "Oh, it can't mm. last." <laughs> you know, no. it's just their mindset. So there's always been those that, those conversations. This is great, but yeah, will it have uh, been able to sustain it and go for long periods? So, mate, they need to find a way. They're under so much pressure already, but Bears will find a way. And, and look, this is the biggest test in cricket, playing in England in their backyard. Like yeah. you're never going to get a bigger test. Um, I, I still think they'll find a way. Is he is keeping the faith, just like a Warriors Always. fan. Uh, Anya Sabalenka took a big step towards retaining her Aussie Open crown by beating American fourth seed Coco Goff 7-6-6-4 in a thriller to reach the final where we, she will meet uh, Chinese player Zheng Quinn, uh, Quinn Wen, who ended a fairy tale run for Dayania um, Jeska Treminska with a 6-4-6-4 victory. It means uh, Quinn is met, uh, meet made, I'll spit it out, her first ever Grand Slam final. Zheng, who has rained down more aces by far than any other woman at Melbourne Park in her journey to the final, is uh, basically dedicating this to her hero, Lee Na, who 10 years ago mm. won the Australian Open crown. So yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that goes. And I know that you uh, you love your cars and your F1 as well, as you haven't watched all those, uh, all those shows. But uh, Charles Leclerc is mm-hmm. going to stay on at Ferrari for years to come after the Italian Formula One team announced a contract extension yesterday. The 26-year-old Monaco-born driver's previous deal was due to expire at the end of the year. It says, I'm very pleased to know that I'll be wearing this Scuderia Ferrari race suit for several more seasons to come. The deal is likely to take Leclerc into the sport's new engine era it starts in 2026, however, and uh, assures continuity of the sport's oldest and most successful team, whose other driver, Spaniard Carlos Sainz, remains unsigned for 2025. Yeah, that's an interesting one, eh? Carlos Sainz, he's, I think he raced for McLaren as well, and uh, he's now with Ferrari. What are they going to do with with um, Carlos Sainz? But yeah, Charles Leclerc, he went well, he went really well last year in terms of uh, Formula One. Um, no one was really going to stop uh, Max Verstappen. Um, but look, gone are the days of being dominant in the red car Ferrari. Um, they've, they've been a little bit off in the last, well, decade or so. You know, um, Aroha will be able to probably correct me when I'm wrong. Probably am. <laughs> and, um, no, you're about right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it hasn't been as dominant. It's the Schumacher days, but Mix Verstappen, he's just on a level at the moment. Well, the question is, if you put Verstappen in the Ferrari, does that does he still win? Is it the car or is it the driver? Uh, the, the car. Uh, no, he's a, well, he's obviously a very talented driver, but the car, their car and their technology and their ways, they've just had the fastest car for a very long time. No doubt about it, really. Lewis Hamilton, you can't tell me Louis Hamilton isn't as, as good as Max Verstappen. 
and he hasn't got as fast as car as, as Stappen. So, yeah, I think the car take plays a lot. Mm. All right. Uh, there you go. Let us know what you think. Double eight, double three on that one. Uh, Ken Tyre are making back-to-work trade easy. Win a trade station gift card worth $1,000. It's also time for the Choices Flooring Pulp. Now, uh, you can revive and redesign your homes with spaces for living sale. What can't you miss this weekend? What can't you miss this weekend? The Super Smash Finals. We've got two elimination finals today and then the finals on Sunday. The Karaka Million, Australian Open Finals, or the India versus England mm. Test. What's your one thing that you cannot miss this weekend? Let us know on the Choices Flooring Poll. Transform your home with Spaces for Living. Revive and redesign sale at Choices Flooring, offering 20-plus discounted styles. Just head to the SEN app, find the uh, SENZ Breakfast Show, and underneath that, the poll will be there. We'll bring you some results for that in around an hour's time. It is the crack a million, because I'm gone. So I can't miss that. It's going <laughs> to be right in front of me. You're definitely not missing it. I'm not missing that. But something else that I won't be missing, it will be the tennis, the finals on Sunday. Like, it's going to be a goodie when you've got Sabalenka um, taking on uh, Zeng. And I, I actually think Zeng can, can go away. When I watched her game um, in, that, in that last outing, yeah. I thought she was very good. Very good on her feet. She can move really well. And um, I think she could trouble Sabalenka. Sabalenka's obviously going for back-to-back titles, but um, I think that'll be an awesome game. And then I'm picking Djokovic to take on Zverev in the final. Djokovic, Zverev in the final, eh? So, okay. So you're going the upset. Mm. Well, Zverev, you know, I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. you, how worried are you about your hair? Not not worried at all, no, really. Okay, okay, good. No, that's like a dollar two punt. All right, all for right. Me. There we go. Sweet. All right. Now uh, mm. we have had Daniel on the Waikato uh, texted through earlier on double eight double three. Uh, we asked him why Bo Dazzler, and he said Australian form has generally been superior to New Zealand, especially in regards to two year olds. Bo Dazzler has already won a listed level in Australia, which would suggest he's right up there with our top two year olds. Aussie have a good record in the millions in previous years, and due to COVID, we haven't had one come over for a couple of years. The price drift, I assume, is due to the wide barrier draw of fourteen. Plenty of speed in the race. Shouldn't be a worry. Remember. Tokyo Tycoon drew the outside last year and won. Happy punting from Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, Game, you want a job? Set, match. You want a job, Game, Daniel? Set, match. <laughs> <laughs> Game, set, match. I'm getting on 21. Shot, Daniel. Yep, nice. Thanks very much. Keep your text rolling through. Double eight, double three. We are 19 away from eight. Oh, it is question time. 13 away from eight. Mm, it is uh, Tradies Hour as well with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee for just $4.50 to your local Night and Day. I hope you got your Night and Day coffee. Is it, you need to be on for questions. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, mate. What was the, where, where was the best spot you visited over Christmas? Best spot I visited over Christmas would have to be Otamatata. Where is Otamatata? Central Otago, around the Twizel area. Oh, nice. 20 minutes from Kudo, which is uh, Richard McCaw country. And it is by Lake Benmore Lake, Lake Pukaki, Pukaki sorry, and um, Aviamore Lake. It's, it's a water system that I really knew nothing about, but I've driven through a few times. Mm. So the, there's a water system so 
it goes in levels. So the Pu- Lake Pukaki is up here, and then it um, goes into Lake Ruatanifa through the canal system, and then it goes into Lake um, Benmore, and then Lake Benmore down to uh, the Aviemore and Waitaki. And it's an awesome water system. And that whole water system there that they've got, the dam, mm. powers the entire North Island. And they've got a place here called Otamatata, which Jace Ryan lives at mm. over summer. So we put the caravan on the back and we towed it down there to Otamatata. And, mate, went uh, water skiing and, and tried to have, had so much fun. And there's good fishing, fly fishing, salmon farms. And if you're an outdoor enthusiast, it's a place to visit. It was oh. real cool. Yeah, sounds magic, mate. Sounds magic. All right, when are you going to go out and buy the entire Foo Fighters back catalogue on vinyl? Uh, probably tomorrow because I'm addicted, <laughs> eh? I am absolutely addicted to the Foo Fighters at the moment. Just being able to witness them up close, I've got them at the top of my list now. So I've been banging all their songs and been playing it a lot. So, mate, Foo Fighters, I'm a number one. I'm a fan now, man. Love them. Died in the Wolf fan. All right, what mm. is the worst gift you've ever received? Wow, the worst gift I've ever received. Uh, what was the worst? Look, I've, I've been pretty lucky with gifts, but the one I've, I've seen that was probably mm. a shocking one was my my mum and dad had a little breakup. <laughs> my um, dad's partner at the time received tea towels. <laughs> from my grandparents and she was in tears and, and cried the house down I felt sorry I thought oh I was only a young kid at the time but I didn't think much of it but now I think about it yeah. they were pretty much saying get in the kitchen yeah she pretty much pretty much and then the dishes, she got tea towels <laughs> um, so yeah that'll be the probably the worst one I've ever seen being given <laughs> alright is he who wins the Aussie Open title men's or women's who you got Novak Djokovic and uh, Quentin Zeng, I feel, wins uh, the woman's side. Okay. Wrong yes. twice. Yeah. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Robbie's just said to my ear, wow, he's wrong twice. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, that was Robbie. <laughs> we'll see, mate. We will see. You look good, Kinga. Uh, yeah, we, here we go. It's, it's not red anymore. He's just going orange. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> why, mate? Why? If I'm not a... Died in the mm. wool racing fan. Why should I get along to the Karaka Millions at Ellerslie? Well, I've I've never been to the Karaka Millions, but I've been to a lot of big racing meets, and it's it's all about the racing. Don't get me wrong, but there is so much entertainment along at these events that you will have an absolute ball. And we've watched a lot of horse racing on TVs, but it's something different when you see these pure equine running around this race course up and close you can hear the feet stomping on the ground the hooves going through the mud there is just no better sight than watching those horses up close you can hear the the whips cracking and and the jockeys talking to the horses music playing everyone is dressed dressed up to the boots um, you know, I know that personally because my wife's taken three weeks to find her outfit. So everyone puts in a hundred percent effort to look the best, and it's just a great day. You, you, if you're in Auckland, good luck trying to get a ticket now because it's sold out. Twelve thousand head along to Ellsley, but just go along. You'll enjoy it. I promise you. Yeah, mate, that'll be outstanding. All right, uh, uh, final question: How are you getting paid this weekend? How am I getting paid this weekend? Well, I've got a little multi. And I'm not sharing it. Oh, but I've got really? a multi. You got a multi? Okay, <laughs> good, good. I've got a multi card. That doesn't work in, gonna... the, in the world of radio. I'm not sharing it, is he? But okay. Well, 
Because it's a big multi. <laughs> it's a big multi, and it's... I think in the three-year-old, I'm taking um, I'm taking Molly Bloom. In the Westbury Classic, I'm taking Faraglione. In the four-year-old, I'm taking Legato. And then in the two-year-old, I'm taking Valacious. Right. That all comes in. You're getting paid. Yeah, I think it's about 107 bucks. <laughs> so it's a big multi, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever we dabble, I've yeah, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a genuine crack at it this weekend. I'm gonna have a go, and I'm gonna be trackside, and there'll probably be a lot of donations because that's my nickname, is Dagger Donations, <laughs> and have a good go. But if you're around Karaka and you see me rolling around, come say hi. I'd love to meet a lot of our listeners. I know a couple of years are heading along. I know Ed and Brett, and I know Joe from Gizzy are gonna head along as well. So looking forward to catch up with you all. But if anyone else is out there, make sure you come say hi. Cam from Cambridge and Cam from Blenheim. Looking forward to it. All right, there you go. Though is questions. We are seven away from eight. Keep your texts rolling through. Double eight, double three. We'll answer some of those questions soon. It is a couple of minutes away from 8 o'clock here on Tradies Hour. You can uh, warm yourself up with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. And Izzy, uh, double eight, double three is going off after uh, you gave us that multi. Uh, Stephen, <laughs> morning, lads. Some bloody multi, uh, that dagger. Personally, I think you've got more chance getting picked in the lead role for Elon Musk's super, super space uh, uh, show, shall I say, than, uh, than that coming in. But best wishes. Thanks, Stephen. Oh, come on, Steve. Hey. Back B. And, and we, we would love to have said that, that, that word, but we can't. No, no. So, no. Stephen, you have to rephrase that. But, yeah. um, <laughs> Dave from Karaka has got a bit of advice for you, though, is he? You should back yeah, your multi okay. up by doing a place bet multi on the same thing because there's nothing worse than missing mm. by a horse running a place if you've got it for a win. That's what I've done. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, man, of experience, man of experience. Man of experience. And Dean in your plumber said, Izzy, go again with your multi. La Creek loves a good track. Tri- uh, trialed enormous. $3.60. Get on. Get on. Okay. Thank you, Dino. There I'll you take all your advice, but let's be honest. I'm winning nothing. I can't pick <laughs> me nose. <laughs> and uh, I think this is probably a question for the cricket desk. Uh it's come through from Michael and Wellington. The Wellington Blades got into the T20 final in Super Smash, but they can't play it in Wellington. Why? Yeah, uh, bit a bit unfortunate, but yeah, it has to do with TV rights and scheduling and stuff. They essentially have the both finals in one place, so the men's winner hosts the grand final, regardless of the women's result, and the elimination final is the other way around. So if Wellington's playing Canterbury in Hamilton because the Northern Brave got second in the women's comp. Right, there you go. Okay, I hope that explains it uh, for you, Michael. Keep them coming through. I know Lyndon is excited. He said, I can't miss the Super Smash final. Finn Allen knocking it out of Eden Park. Come on, Auckland. Lyndon all over it. It's 10 away, uh, nearly, I should say, uh, 10 seconds away from 8 o'clock. And time to catch up with Araha for the latest news. Thanks to Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Good morning, welcome into the show. If you've just joined us, it is Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ at five past eight on your Friday morning. And it is, of course, Karaka Millions Day uh, or Karaka Millions Weekend. And we uh, are getting plenty of texts thrown. That Kenny's text to throw on double eight, double three. Daggy, I'm going to follow you in, mm. mate. We'll go for a round at Pegasus when we win and you can shout at the 19th. Yep, if that comes through, <laughs> I'll, I'll hold you to that, Kenny. It's, uh, look, it's, it's a long shot. You know, it's a long shot, but we'll have a crack. Faraglione to win uh, race three, Valacious to win race four, Legato race five, and Molly Bloom in race six. Put a wee bit on, it's, it's you know, put a dollar, you'll get $97 back. So there you go. Wow, that's, so, that's not bad, is it? It's good, that's good odds. I like that. 
And then uh, I've had another one too. Have you? Couldn't help myself. <laughs> 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 I've gone Faraglione, yeah. top three, yep. $2.30. Bo Dazzler, top four, $3.60. Mm, that's good. Legato to win, dollar fifty five, and Pen Dragon for a top four paying dollar ninety. Nice. That's a that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good multi. I quite mm. like that. I might follow you in on that one, is he? I'll yeah, you in have, that we, one. have we look? It's, it's it's going to be a great day. And the thing that I spoke to Louis about yesterday mm. was all the eyes will be on Caraca. Yeah, Caraca, I should say. Sorry, Caraca Millions. Have a don't be. Um, Blinded by it. Have a look at the other meetings, particularly in New Zealand. But there's a couple trainers will potentially take a couple of good horses to other meetings that could sneak one there at some nice solid odds. So it's going to be a good weekend of racing. I think it's Trentham. Trentham, as well okay, worth worth a look as well. Double eight, double three. That is how you get hold of us. Uh, it is our temper bed post text machine or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Now we'd love to hear from you. We do have James McDonald coming up later in the hour. Now Jimmy Mack is uh, is, is mm. over here to race this weekend as well. Uh, we're going to have about ten minutes or so with him. If you've got a question that you want to ask James McDonald, you can get it through to us on double eight, double three, double eight, double three is how you can get that through to us, and we would uh, love to hear from uh, you and put your questions to James McDonald as well. Because yeah, because Scott's come through and said, who's the best jockey riding in Karaka Milan? It's hard to go past J-Mac and James McDonald, but they're all, all riding. Vinnie Colgan, you got Mark Sahara, uh, you got uh, Sam Weatherly, you got Warren Kennedy, you got Opie, you got Michael McNabb, you got, a, you got all the best jockeys that are racing for New Zealand and a couple from overseas as well. But it's hard to go past J-Mac, and he's going to come on our show. He's got uh, Valacious racing in race four, and then he's got Cognito in, uh, for the Walker Burgesson um, stable in race five. And then in race six, he has, if you just wait a second, I'll find it for you, Orcestral um, for the James Wellwood stable in race six. So he's got three rides on the day, and they are the final three rides there at Karaka, and I'd say he'd be the best. But there's a little bit of a debate going online there at the moment, mm. um, Rick Dog, about Halbergs, Sportsman, mm-hmm. and so on. Well, I don't know if he's been nominated, but James McDonald has been blinded or not even been in the conversation in the past in terms of our greatest sportsman. And there's a situation now where jockeys need to be considered athletes. And I know there's a big debate about it in horse racing and what goes on, and we still haven't regarded them as being a sport, I feel. Mate, they are... What they have to do to their bodies, the, the... the pressures they put themselves into, well, the danger, I should say, that they put themselves in when they are racing. And the you know, the dieting, the work that they have to do fitness-wise, the strength. Like when you were, they must have the best knees in the world because you see them sitting like that, bobbing up and down for minutes on end and then going and doing it straight away again and running and racing in four to five meetings. It's hard to really go past them not being athletes. I consider them an athlete. Well, there's, I mean, I guess the thing you've got to think, I mean, I used to be in that camp of, I'd be like, oh, you know, the horse does Mm. all the work. Um, Mm. But you've got a beast between your legs that probably weighs about Mm. 100 times what you weigh, and Mm -hmm. you've got to try and control it. 
mm. while there's a bunch of other people doing the same thing at pace. Mm. There's definitely a skill to it, no doubt. It's uh, physically very demanding. And uh, I've come around, I think I think you're right, things should be included. I've just found the nominations for the Hellbirds mm. for Sportsman of the Year for this year. Mm. They came out in December. Aaron Gate, track cycling. Artie mm-hmm. Savia, rugby union. Mm-hmm. Brendan Hartley, mm-hmm. motorsport. Hayden Padden, motorsport. Marco Staminick, football. Paul mm. Cole, squash. Rachin Ravindra, cricket. Ryan Fox, golf. Sam Gaze, mountain bike. Shane Van Gisbergen, motorsport. Sean Johnson, rugby league. Tom Walsh, athletics. Shafted again. Not there. Not there. Wow. See, I, I can't. I can't believe that. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, you've been look. It's not all about the wards, and everyone's got their own debates on the Halbergs, and they are a special part of, of of history here in New Zealand. But if you're not telling me that James McDonald isn't having any recognition from the public, particularly here in New Zealand, for someone that has not only done it in Australia and won plenty, but he's gone over to Hong Kong and continued it on. Yes, he rides the best horses, but when you're the best jockey, you are going to get the best horses. Well, you've, to got, to earn, you've got to earn the ride, don't you? Yeah, you've you've got to earn the ride. And you've got to have a genuine... You've got to start from somewhere. He started, he went through a little bit of a tough period in his life, went over to Australia, and now he's considered the best jockey in the world. And he isn't getting any recognition at the Hellbergs? Ah, oh, man, go slap yourself. Hundred percent. Now Dave has texted through. Guys, can you put Aussie uh, multi somewhere? I'm driving and can't get them written down. We will put them. <laughs> we will put the. Tell you what, we'll put them on our Twitter account. Okay, so go to the yeah. SCN Breakfast, and we'll put them. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll set a photo to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get it done. All right. Uh, and then uh, we've also had this one come through uh, from Mike. Hey, are you on a heater with the Pandizzi? I'm just trying to work your form out before we jump on any of your tips because for a while you could stop a dollar eight favorite. <laughs> go well, boys. <laughs> It's like winning lotto, mate. It's like winning lotto. Look, I go, I go a lot on the jockey. Love, you know, the the good jockeys, but also go on a bit of form and a bit of noise. Mm. A little bit of noise about some some horses out there. When there's a little bit of noise, you know, Bo Dazzler created yeah. a little bit of noise this morning. Daniel Jeff. from Waikato, Ayala looks here, and I said, okay, he's got a fair answer to what we asked him. Why? And he said, well, Australia. Does well over there. It's won a, a listed race and it's come over here. So there you go. And Pendragon, Pendragon, sorry, won me a bit of cash last time out when it won on Boxing Day, paying $21 up against, I think it was Tokyo Tycoon, some good horses and dominated them. So that is my reasoning. Yeah. Backed it and it's won me a multi. Mate, it is, a, it is great reasoning. Keep your texts coming through. Double eight, double three. We'll get to more of them after this. It is 8.13 on SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. Will O'Donnell hopefully joining us shortly. You're listening uh, to us. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. It is 18 past 8, 0800 150 811 or 8833. Get your text through. Uh, we have uh, James McDonald with us on the show before 9 o'clock. If you've got a question for him, want to hear from you. So send them through, 8833. There's a couple of goodies there already uh, that we will definitely uh, get to them, uh, get to those when we get him on. Uh, we were talking Helbergs before, though, Izzy. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Sean's texted through on 8833 and said, Lads, what's the difference between Shane Van Gisbergen and James McDonald. If we look at it, SVG just turns the steering wheel. That's the only difference. Nothing. 
No difference. No difference at all. Um, yeah, look, I can't understand it. And I'm sure many people out there can't understand. I'm going to ask a question to J-Mac because um, yeah, this has been happening for a while. Now, he's been the best jockey in, in a couple of years, for a couple of years. Mm. And he hasn't had any recognition from New Zealand and anyone from the Halbergs. hasn't been nominated for anything. And surely it must be pretty disheartening to, you know, damaging to your confidence or, or knowing that no one back at home. Uh, not not everything's about a nomination. And let's be honest, mm. he is winning a world beater in everything he does um, in racing. Uh, and he's getting a lot of rewards, particularly monetary and recognition in the horse racing. But, yeah, a little bit of recognition from his homeland would be um, would be awesome to see. But, anyway, uh, we'll have to wait and see. And we've got a few questions here. You have to listen to the jockeys getting interviewed after a race. They are absolutely gassed. Then they've got to sort the heart rate out to go again in 20 minutes. Going to top four. Daggers multi, don't be a moron, put more on. Always on the nose, never on the get out of here, Bez. See you tomorrow as he shut the elimination. <laughs> definitely, definitely, pretty boy. Looking forward to catching up with you. And uh, Dean from MP has also sent through him. But, yeah, just on that, the J-Max mm. um, SVG, same Van Gisberg. You know, what, what, what's your take on it, mate? Well, you feel like he, he has a genuine chance to be included in that? Yeah, I think well, so. should be. I mean, if mm-hmm. you look at, I mean, you, you look at the cyclists that are in there. You look at the motorsport guys that are in there. I mean, the only, you know, it's people that are. I guess if you want to go there in that argument of something else is doing all the work, well, like, you know, for those guys, something else is doing all the work as well on that mm-hmm. front. It's just mechanical. So how is it any different? How is it any different? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it is any different to be honest. But I mean, it, it to get me thinking. I mean, look, I've worked in radio for since like '94. I've never yep. been a big one for like individual awards, like radio awards and things. It never really bothered me that much. No. I guess it's a mindset thing. I mean, like if I, because what you were saying about, you know, James McDonald not getting recognised by the, if I'm in his shoes, I'm like, I'm just looking at my bank account. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. I only not cared. I wouldn't care about going to these radio awards. I don't even know what they are. I don't even think I'd ever be going to those. Radio Awards, I went to the Halbergs once, and I'll be completely honest, no disrespect to Mary Halberg, he's a great man, but I'd rather watch paint dry. Mm. Yeah, uh, Jimmy's text of three, actually, is a good point, he said, if gambling didn't exist, <laughs> jockeys would be athletes, but it's the perception that racing is all about gambling, He think, I think that's the obvious reason. Well, yeah, cool. yeah it could be, a, a, yeah, it could be a, yeah, well, he's got a fair point, Jimmy, you got a fair point, but still, you know, he's... He's putting his he's putting danger uh, his life in danger going and doing something for people that love the game of racing or the sport and I I still feel sport gambling whatever shouldn't be a, a roadblock for him being nominated and getting some some uh, you know respect put on his name but he's going to come up at sim uh, at eight forty about twenty minutes time he's getting ready to fly over here to uh, New Zealand keep sending through those messages and I'm looking forward to catching up with J Mac on on Saturday going to get up and close I think to the jump out of the two year old race going to be barrier right by the barriers and um, watch these pure equines run around in the fourteen hundred meter or fifteen hundred meter whatever it is uh, race and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
So it's going to be a good day. Yeah, yeah. looking forward to seeing you uh, tonight, mate, and you having a great weekend at Karaka and getting paid as well. Uh, now, we were supposed to have Will O'Donnell on out of the Aces, but uh, he's not picking up his phone. Uh, mm. So uh, Robbie's all of a sudden thrown his Aces cap into the corner and is now a Wellington Firebirds fan um, as a result. Uh, but So we're going to go to the cricket desk, uh, Robbie. The um, elimination finals on today. Of course, we have coverage of it here uh, live on SENZ. I think from around half past one, uh, Daniel McCarty is going to uh, have the call, um, and we're going to have both elimination finals, men's and women's. How do you see these going? Oh, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, the uh, the lineup um, of both of both teams in this elimination final is uh yeah re- really good to see we got for Canterbury it's at Seddon Park in Hamilton the Kings taking on the Firebirds Canterbury have Cole McConkie as captain Chad Bowes Zach Fox Mitch Hay Matt Henry Bevan uh, Bevan Jacobs Carl Jamison comes back uh, Tom Latham Henry Nichols Will O'Rourke Ish Sodi Michael Ray Michael Rippon so about about half like regular black caps mm. um, so yeah big lineup for Canterbury with uh, the black caps obviously finishing that series and Sunday they've got um, they've got clearance to play um, in this later later round of the tournament for for Canterbury Nick Kelly's their captain Muhammad Abbas Michael Bracewell Devin Conway Troy Johnson Adam Milne Rachin Ravindra makes a return Ben Sears wow. Gareth Severin Nathan Smith Jesse Tashkoff Logan Van Beek and Pete Young husband so star started wow. lineup so it'll, it'll be very very interesting to see how this one goes, uh, and then obviously uh, the winner travelling up to Eden Park on Sunday. Which I know you you can't look at the weather forecast too too um, too reliably, I guess, in Auckland, but it's not looking good for Sunday. <laughs> ah, awesome. Stay. What's it looking like for tomorrow? Stay in Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fine. What's it's fine. Like? It's fine all day. That- yep. Beautiful. That's all I hear about. So they can rain anything it wants because I'm coming home. (laughs) It's meant to um, uh, be sunny in Hamilton for today's game and then rain over the weekend as well. In Hamilton, okay. All right. Well, I can tell you that uh, the Kings are slight favourites in that game against the Firebirds. They're $1.77. Firebirds are $1.97. And then on the women's side, the Brave are $1.80 and the Hines are $1.92. Mate, get on on the Firebirds. They've got a stacked lineup. Yeah, that is that Russian Ravindra. All eyes will be on him. Devin Conway, what is he able to do? Um, young husbands coming in. Uh, who else have they got? They got Michael Bracewell. It's good to see him back playing some nice solid cricket. You, you feel like he'll be back in that international side soon, um, Robbie? I do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, def- I definitely do think so. But I also think he plays a very similar role, especially in the test side, to Glenn Phillips. And I'm a huge uh. Glenn Phillips fan, so I kind of like... I, I like yeah. Michael Bracewell, but I, I don't really see them both being in the team, so it's a tricky one for me. That's the one with my, um, with Glenn Phillips starting to bowl. Showed his, uh, his wares with the ball in hand, and he's absolutely loving it too, and got some nice solid wickets. So yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Michael it, Bracewell, very good batter and a good bowler. He's a different type of spinner though, eh, Glenn Phillips? He almost because he, he's so aggressive. He, he like he bowls. Yeah, he's got he, some speed. He really darts it, doesn't he? Yeah, he, 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 like he, <laughs> he, he bowls spin like a fast bowler. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to see um, what our test side looks like. I'm pretty sure 10.30 this morning. Oh, uh, really? Gets named for for South Africa. Okay. So, um, so yeah, be be interesting to see if they you know take take a few chances. Um, Jacob Duffy is the big name for me that I would love to see on the team. 
I think like he he's got his chances uh, in the shorter format for the Black Caps. You know, hasn't played too many games, but mm. they have given him a go. I think Test is his best format, or at least uh, four day Plunkett Shield. Uh, I think he's the top wicket taker on the Plunkett Shield, so I'd put him in. I I agree, Robbie. I, I think when I watched him um, play in that game, he he got an opportunity. He's very good good with the ball. It's like Glenn McGrath esque. He loves to shape the ball. He's a tall body. He's still quality speeds about one mid one thirties, you know, one three five. He's bowling from a height and he can move the ball, which is um something that uh is very rare in the international well, in, in New Zealand seamers. Yeah, well I was gonna say, you know, now that Matt Henry is fit, does that change anything? Or is it because he's a left armor and Trent's not available that he kinda gets a, a runner between him and Ben Lister? Uh who being a left armor? Isn't Jacob Duffy no. left armor? Oh, right. No, he's right. Okay. No, he's right. <laughs> um, just to fact check myself as well, Cougar Line's actually uh, top wicket taker. Uh, Nathan Smith and Jacob Duffy are tied with right. one less. Uh, but yeah, the th- th- three of them going great guns of the Plunkett Shield. That'll um, resume a bit later uh, this year. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Jacob Duffy and another name, Nathan Smith, that I just mentioned. Mm. I think if he stays injury free, he's had a bad run of injuries in the past, but I think if he stays injury free, he's definitely a big name uh, to watch in the uh, international scene as well. Yeah, alright, so it is Duffy and Henry head-to-head basically for a spot do you think? Probably um, it, it just it, yeah, it depends on whether we are picking our best team for the South yeah. African test you know, if we want to you know, take some chances or do we want to take our best team in preparation for Australia Yeah, that kind of is what it comes down to I think if we are just you know, trying to absolutely smash South Africa, pick our best team. Unfortunately, I don't see Duffy making this team um, just because they've got, you know, Southie, Wagner, Henry and Jamison, which, you know, is their four, four fast bowlers that they're almost definitely going to back if we're picking our number one side. Mm, interesting. You, you think Wagner's still in there? I do, yeah. Okay. Okay. You can't leave him out, mate. He's just an absolute grafter yeah. that will run in in his 28th over bowling and give well, you he's, what he's sort you of need. like Djokovic in the sense that, mm. like, you know, he he just yeah. he just kind of finds a way. And, like, you know, th- there will be a time where, you know, he's tired and done. Uh, but I don't think we've, we're close to seeing that yet. Same with Djokovic. Yeah, it's interesting. Because I look at Wagner and go, the way he's gone, he's slowed down slightly now. We tend to pick him for games in the subcontinent where the fastballers aren't going to get a lot out of the pitch generally, so you want someone who can bowl into it. But at home, he's probably less likely to get picked. Yeah, no, fair. fair. Um, I I do think he's less likely to get picked at home, but I think he just really offers that point of difference. Oh, mate, when it's a flat track, when there's nothing going on, you go to Wagner and he just finds a way to just get a look at. He's just hungry. He'll fight right to the end. That oh, moment um, when we beat England by one run, mm. uh, he's he's in my side every time just because of that. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> I like it, I like it. And Sean has texted through to double eight double three. How did Baz's boys get on in India yesterday? Uh, Sean, not well, not well. All out for mm. 246, India 119 for one in reply. Um, yeah. I think that probably says everything. Uh, now, coming up on the show, we're going to catch up with Pip from the TAB soon. We'll have our choices flooring poll results as well.
and James McDonald. Don't forget, he is coming up on the show in about 10 minutes or so. If you've got a question for J-Mac, then get it through to us on double eight double three. Text double eight double three with your question, and we will put your questions to J-Mac. It's 28 away from 9 o'clock here on SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo, and it is time for our Choices Flooring Poll results. Revive and redesign your homes with spaces for living sale. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? What can't you miss this weekend? That is the question we asked for the Choices Flooring Poll. And here are the results. 37% Izzy, Karaka Million. Mm. 33% the Aussie Open. And then tied 14% each, the Super Smash Finals and England versus India Test Matches. So a bit of a spread. Yeah, no surprises. Bang, get the Karaka in. Bang, Sunday Open. Let's go. All over it there. You can transform your home with spaces for living, revive and redesign sale at Choices Flooring, offering 20-plus discounted styles. You can also check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. Pip Morris joins us. Uh, morning, Pip, for the first time in 2024. How are you doing? Yeah. Good morning, guys. Happy New Year to you, and I can't wait for tomorrow, of course. Oh, mate, Pip, you're going to be on course. What should I expect? And people out there in the public, for the first time going, it must be a hell of a day. It is honestly the best day in racing you can imagine. As in, of course, every year there's a massive, massive after party. So not only do you get to watch the best horses that we have going around in New Zealand, but then there's a huge party afterwards and a laser show this year. So it's just one meeting that if you've never gone to, you need to go. Oh, cut it out. Laser show. All right. Um, the barrier the draw. Fireworks, you know, we're neighbourhood friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. But the barrier draw was, uh, well, it was awesome on, on the Wednesday, uh, lighting up the Sky City Tower there in Auckland. Um, has that made any adjustments to the odds on, on potential race day? It certainly has. Uh, one horse that's been really well found is Orchestral in the three-year-old. There's been a $1,000 mm. bet placed on her in that too. Molly Bloom's still the best back in that, but she's taking a lot of money with the barrier draw. Comes up with the ace, obviously, with James McDonald. In the two-year-old, Velocious, as soon as she came up with that middle draw, she's by far the best back. She's the only horse on the whole meeting that has more on her for the fixed-odds win bet than the tote, and there was also $10,000 put on her after the barrier draw with the fixed odds. So she is the way that they're punting, but cool and fast and behind is definitely the second favourite for the tangerine. Now, uh, Pip, Izzy's been telling us how he's going to get paid this weekend. Uh, I want I want your take, your honest opinion on this multi for tomorrow. Race three, he's got a Farangeloni to win at sixes, Velocious to win at threes, Legato to win at $1.55, Molly Bloom to win at $3.50. What do you think? I love them all apart from he's going to be riding the money in the first league, I think. Farrelly only looks a really good bet, but there are other runners in there like Malt Time, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, Farrelly only is the only one that worries me just a touch. It's, so honestly, she's saying yeah. that. She's saying that because she's she's in to lose one point. Four million, three million from the BGP. So of course she's going to say that, aren't you, Pip? I am, and I'm stuck up in that room actually, is it? So I'm going to be, it'll be very, uh, might be on the floor of their wife, if I'd say. Oh my! All right, and uh, what about the rest of the day? J Max riding three. We got J Max coming up on the show. He's riding three in the last three. Is uh, has that made a lot of people punters out there confident that J Max can come and? And win some some big races, big money. 
Absolutely, I think that's why you're seeing so much money for Velocious and Orchestral and his other rider on the program as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if we've got a jockey special out tomorrow too, so make sure you check out for those. And the Karaka Million Hub, there's everything available there, including boosted odds and Orchestral, which is his ride, is boosted too. So make sure you don't take the fixed eyes off it. Go to the boost. She's around 450 boosted. Well, all eyes will be on Karaka at uh, Ellerslie, and it's going to be a great day out. But there's a couple other meetings as well. We've got Trentham, we've got Rickerton. Is there anyone out there floating the boat? Is any trainers taking some nice horses that potentially can add to our multi-fix? Robbie Patterson's one, actually, the chopper, has been very, very well found at Trentham, and we know how well his table's going, is he? So I'd say get mm. on that. It's around $6 too, I believe. It's been very well found in that market, and we'll have bonus backs on those two meetings too for the first four races. Interesting, interesting, Pep. All right, mate. Uh, have you got anything uh, else uh, that you want to you push? Bit. Give us some. Just quickly, I want to talk about the ASB. Uh, sorry, the Open across in Australia. I have to say that Djokovic three to one in the set bidding is very, very popular, and that's a boosted option today as well. Thank you, Pip. You think he'll get it done? I think he will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, we're on the same page today. Looking forward to catching up with you, Pip. And uh, have an awesome day out there at Caracas. So we appreciate you coming on the show. We better get off. We've got J-Mac coming up. No disrespect, but we love you. But we're going to go. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I will definitely get off the phone <laughs> for that, man, guys. Uh, have a great weekend. Yeah, will do, Pip. Thanks very much. You can flick us a text with your question for J-Mac as well. Double eight, double three, Pip. Uh, or you've, you've got our numbers. Just flick it through, and we'll ask a question for you. Uh, of J-Mac, he is up with us. Surely check out all the odds, promos and boosted odds at the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. At 17 away from 9, saddle up for the Grand Tour Racing Festival is coming your way real soon. And uh, we've got the man himself, James McDonald, on the phone with us. Uh, morning, James. How you doing? Up. Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Welcome Ooh. home. Well, yeah, no, I'm not there yet, but I will be soon. <laughs> Tonight we fly in, but... Um... Yeah, looking forward to it. I haven't been home for a while, so at least it should be good. Come over. Oh, they put the they put it on a platter for you, J Mac. They're putting it on a platter for you. A little fifty million dollar investment there at Ellerslie, only for the one and only James McDonald. He's coming back, mate. How good? Yeah, it will be good. Yeah, some atmosphere. On it. Are you guys going or? I'll be there, brother. I'll be there. Dag will be there. Work. Rick Dog's, Rick Dog's going to be uh, familying it up. Um, but uh, I'll be carrying the flag for us, mate. And uh, the final three races, you've got Valacious, Cognito, and Orcestral that are racing, mate. Valacious, all eyes are looking on that. You must be confident with that horse. Yeah, for sure. She, she looks a beautiful filly. Obviously, it's going to be my first time riding all these horses, mm. but... Um, she, from what I see, she looks very, very smart. She looks the one to beat, and she's got a good barrier. So, fingers crossed, we get a little bit of luck in running, and we can salute mm. the judge. But um, yeah, no, she's very smart, and she looks pretty well placed in, the, in that sort of field. What happens? What what goes on, uh, J Mac, and when you haven't ridden these horses before? Like, do you get a look? at them before, um, you know, a day out or you're flying tonight, so you'll see them tomorrow. But, like, do you have to put in a little bit of prep, watch a bit of, bit of video? Yeah, yeah, for sure, all that. And, obviously, you know, mm. the opposition are well. But, um, yeah, <laughs> we're, we've been lucky enough to fly and fly out with a few horses over over the years, so, and, it, and it, seems, it seems to have had a bit of luck. So, hopefully, it works here. Yeah, but, yeah, just you have to get through the videos. And, and obviously, uh, Roger... 
um, Stephen Marsh and Roger James will be key to them, obviously, with their little kinks they have or, or what they like to do and what they don't like to do, but um, they'll pull us in on that. J-Mac, it's, it's been a good time to be a racing fan and a racing enthusiast over here with Entain coming on board, New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. There's a slot race that's going to be taking place in 2025 in March. Are you and the jockeys over in Australia starting to take notice of what's on offer here in New Zealand? Oh, for sure. Obviously, there's, I think there's three or four of us coming over mm. um, for this trip. So, um, yeah, it can only enhance over the, over the years to come but it's obviously getting a bit of legs now and uh, it's great to see obviously the thing down in the dumps for a bit but um yeah there's yeah. a little spring in the step and and uh this is probably the, the start of it really so we're looking forward to being a part of it how do you prepare for a for a new track i know you've ridden ellerslie before but we had opie Boston on yesterday and he said you know the the, the new track is great but you really need to uh, do your homework on it because it is it can be quite challenging so how prepped do you have to be do you think to ride ellerslie and what what have you done so far yeah right i i didn't know that but anyway uh, we'll uh, we'll go with that <laughs> I, I haven't done much to be honest um mm. the the Ellerslie track's the same circumference. It's the yep. same. Uh, it's got the same hill in it. So it, the only difference is, is the is the actual surface. It's the Strathmere surface, which we have here in Australia. Um, I only rode on it in the Gold Coast two weeks ago. So um, look, we don't run on it. It's the horses that are running on it. So I've got a line. <laughs> Mate, what goes on throughout? You, you've obviously got a game plan that you want to install every single race, but mate, it's ever evolving, it's ever changing landscape. You, you can't prepare for everything, mate. So, how much is it, is it luck and prepared? Oh, yeah, well, the old motto is failure to prepare is preparing to fail. So, we do <laughs> as much as we can and, um, mm. yeah, just hope for the best, really. It's um, get on the right horse and you give it. If you, if you, Dotted every eye and crossed every T, well, then you're a, a good chance of winning. Mate, haven't spoken to you, but I'm a, a tissue tragic fan. One of my mates has got a uh, percentage in a tissue. You rode it in the champion stakes, mate. Uh, just want to ask you about that experience and a tissue maybe for the future this year, mate. What, what do you think of the mare? Yeah, she's going really well, and her performance is in, in the Melbourne Spring Carnival. Just outstanding. Couldn't believe how good she was going. She should have won. She should have won the Maya Stakes a week earlier too, to be fair. And then she's, mm. she's um, had the audacity to back it up and go again and won really, really well. So she trials actually on um, Tuesday, having her first little trip, trip gallop. And um, I think she'll head back down to Melbourne. And funnily enough, it's for the Go Racing team, which is in the same colours as Velocia. So we're hoping yes. uh, that rubs off. Now, uh, we asked people uh, during the show earlier, uh, J-Mac, to send questions through for you, and Dean in New Plymouth has sent one through, and he said, uh, can you ask J-Mac how long he spends doing form prior to race day, and who else does he see as the main danger to Velocious? Um, yeah, I do a little bit. Um, just depends on how well you know the field and how well um, mm. you know the horse as well. Um, the horse like they. Animo, for instance, who I had a great association with, um, mm. he become quite self-explanatory. You, you sort of knew what he could, couldn't, couldn't do in a race. So you, you ride to his strengths, and it, and the more you know a horse, the better he can do that. But 
um, yeah, so we spend a, a bit of time. It all just depends on how well you know um, your, your opposition as well as your, as your horse. Um, and I think Bellatrix looks the, probably the one. They're the two informed horses, obviously, cool and fast. It's got a bit of an X factor, but yeah, it sounds like he's a little bit quirky. And then the Aussie, he's, he drew so wide, so um, it makes it very tough for him. But um, I, I think Velocious is the one to beat and deserves to be favourite. Well, J-Mac, it's not all about the equine and uh, race day, mate. You've become a father lately. How's that made adjustments and changes to your lifestyle, mate, in the preparation? Uh-huh. <laughs> she's going really well, Evie. Uh, she's, a, she's a little goer and she's um, up, and, up and about now. So She's 15 months, um, so she's going super, obviously, in the walking stage and and screaming stage, or they're all screaming at any age, I suppose. Um, yeah, she's she's going really well. Now, awesome. um, we had a text through uh, earlier from Peter and Rangi Order, and he said, uh, guys, you need to check out Robbie Dolan singing on The Voice Australia. Uh, if he hadn't made it as a jockey, he could have made it as a singer. What's J-Mac's go-to at the karaoke? <laughs> oh. Oh. Two things I can't do is sing and dance, so that's one thing you won't be seeing me do. At <laughs> oh, mate, we're looking forward to seeing you in Auckland tomorrow, mate. Travel south, uh, safe tonight, and uh, good luck tomorrow, Jay Mac. Looking forward to catching up, brother, and uh, thanks so much for joining us, mate. You're an absolute champion. Cheers, brother. See you, mate. Cheers, uh, James McDonald there with us. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a, that was, that was a good question. He can't question. sing. He can't, he can't dance. sing. He can't dance, but he can play the guitar. Yeah. He probably play the guitar. Yeah. That was a great uh, Graham Henry quote. Who was he talking about? Tamati Ellison. Oh, I was going to say, he wasn't talking about you because you can sing. I don't know. But, <laughs> I, I've got a feeling that you could cut a few moves on the floor as well. It's actually, I was, I was wrong. He goes... He can sing, he can dance, he can play the guitar. He's a hell of a man. <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a good Ted impersonation, actually. Yeah, I hope he's listening. Oh, he'll Love be loving it, man. He'll be absolutely loving it. Um, so yeah, well, you, did you get did you get what you wanted out of J Mac around a tissue? Yeah, I did a tissue. Yeah, man, it's um, well, I backed it so much, and uh, you know. <laughs> I probably stopped it plenty of times. Stopped backing it, and it wins a group one, and then it wins another group one. So, it's um, it's going well, and it's uh, my mate, one of my best mates in Auckland's got a couple percent in, in it, and uh, he'll be he'll be laughing straight to the bank. It's it's awesome, and he, good to hear J, J- Mac and talk about a tissue, and also this weekend it was quite yeah interesting to um to hear him talk about. And Brett's come through. The the thing that amazes me most about jockeys is, like J-Mac said, he's never ridden the horse. And between the two of them, they can make that connection riding around uh, riding around to the gates. It's like it's more of an art than skill. Surely it must be easier when riding a horse regularly and building that relationship. Yeah, that that's an interesting one, isn't it, Rick Dog? Like, he hasn't ridden any of these horses. He hasn't yeah. ridden the new Ellerslie track. Yeah, I mean, you, you heard what Opie said yesterday, right? I mean, Opie mm. talked about the, the the track. You need to know the ins and outs of the track. So, yeah, I, I thought that was quite interesting. Does that put any seed of doubt in your head if you're a punter that, A, a what Opie said, and B, that J-Mac hasn't ridden any of these horses? A, a little bit, but then knowing the skill and how bloody good J-Mac is at finding a way, that just probably puts he, it more in, in the positives for me. Yeah, even you know, it all just, out, eh? It does, it does, man. Like, yes, he hasn't raced, but he's the best jockey in the world who loves Group 1 racing. 
and he's riding the best horses. So he just he's just got to find a way. Man, it's going to be good, a good jockeys um, competition tomorrow. You got the best jockeys in New Zealand. Warren Kennedy, he is riding on a heater at the moment. You got Opie. There's only one Opie Boston. You got Michael McNabb. You got Sam Weatherly, and you've got uh, I think it's Jamie Carr, Zara, Mark Zahara, um, and J Mac coming over. Gonna be awesome. Would have been Pinners over as well. He's back. So yeah, it's it's mm. it's, it's all star. It's all star. Uh, speaking of all stars, Daniel McCarty, he's with us next. It's a couple of minutes away from nine o'clock, which means Daniel McCarty's getting ready to run the cutter. And uh, Daniel, uh, this morning we were supposed to have Will O'Donnell on, um, and uh, from out of the Auckland Aces, uh, he, he was a no show in the end. But I did realise in doing a bit of running homework, scared, mate. Running well, no, scared. I, I, running scared. he was born in Houting. Running scared. Born in Houting, and I'm wondering with the pro tiers here whether or not he's been drafted into the tier squad because it looks like they're looking for players. I'd love to know someone to actually tally up how many South African-born first-class cricketers we have at the moment. There's quite a few, mate. Quite a few. It, it's like the Crusaders' recruitment process, isn't it? <laughs> you just go to Hawke's Bay in Auckland, don't you? Is that, is that, that's how oh it works. My. I just wanted to see if he's still awake. Don't, I just wanted to see if he's still awake. Rosado! It's the great duo, Rosado! And he's taken oh, the bait. <laughs> Because I'm fishing. <laughs> How easy was that? Good. You got me good. Will O'Donnell, mate, for, for missing that phone call, it's going to be a tough day on Sunday. That's what you get, mate. So, anyway, what do you got coming up? <laughs> hey, the Wellington Blaze need help um, heading into uh, playing another final. Sophie Devine's back for them. Uh, the White Ferns captain joins the show. Uh, very special guest uh, straight after 9 o'clock. Matt Welsh, uh, executive GM of Racing Victoria. And much, much more along the way to midday. Have a great weekend. You too, Daniel. Don't show you me too. those guns. <laughs>